Thank you. Let's take God's word together this evening and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you would please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll look together briefly at this portion of scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse number 9. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse number 9. And uh, this is many believed to be the third letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. It's called 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, because it is only, there are only two of those letters that have been included in the scriptures. But he writes in one of these portions that this is the third time that I'm writing unto you. And uh, for whatever reason, these two letters are ones that have been included in the canon of scripture. There are many letters written in that day uh, by many different people. And of course, God included exactly what he wanted to. But this letter that we have in our in our Bible, 2 Corinthians, is written, of course, to the church at Corinth. And you'll know from 1 Corinthians that this was a very carnal church. It was a group of believers, but they had an awful lot of problems. We read in this text some very interesting words. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 9. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Somebody once asked Daniel Webster, the man who put together the Webster's Dictionary. Somebody once asked him, what is the greatest thought that's ever come through your mind? What's the greatest thought this man who is extremely intelligent put together Webster's Dictionary? What's the greatest thought that's ever come through your mind? And he said this, my personal accountability to God. One day he would stand before God in judgment. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them, which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. 
For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word. I've marked that little expression in, in the 20th verse. Be ye reconciled to God. Be ye reconciled to God. That's a personal word. You be reconciled to God. Can I tell you this evening? Would you look this way? There is one message to every listener tonight. You need to be reconciled to God. The word reconciled means to restore to friendship or harmony. Meaning there's something that's happened so that you are not at friendship. You're not at harmony, in harmony. And the the persons we're talking about are you and God. You and God. And so therefore, you need to be reconciled to God because you're not in harmony with God, naturally speaking. You're not in harmony with God. You are not a friend of God, naturally speaking. And therefore, you need to get right with God. Okay, well, what does this mean? Get right with God. What does this mean? Be reconciled. And how on earth does it happen? And why do we need it? Scriptures say very clearly, you need to be reconciled, but why? Romans chapter 5 sheds a little bit of light on the subject. Romans 5 verse number 10, listen to this. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Would you look here for a moment? The reason you and I need to be reconciled to God is because we are naturally enemies of God. Tonight, if you be here and you have not been born again, if you've never experienced new birth, if the spirit of the living God has never moved inside of your life and you have not yet been changed, transformed, if you haven't been regenerated, then you are right now an enemy of God. And you need to be reconciled. Enemy, you say, well, that's a little bit harsh, isn't it? I'm not an enemy of God. I've never done God anything wrong, but this is exactly what God says. Before conversion, before salvation, you are God's enemy. Now, hold on just a moment, you might think. I thought Satan was God's enemy, not me. But Paul made it very clear. Over and over in the scriptures, we find it. Again, in verse 10, for if when we, we, Paul writing, when we were enemies, before Christ You and I were enemies. And therefore, right now, if you do not know Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then you are an enemy. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul writes to a different church. And he says, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Because it has pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven. And you, watch this, and you that were sometimes, you once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. You find this over to the Romans, to the Colossians, to the Corinthians. Paul writes with this language that if you are a child of God now, if you have been accepted in the beloved, then you're not an enemy, but you used to be. So therefore, right now, 
If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, if the Spirit of the living God is not living inside of you, you are an enemy of God. You may shudder to think that you yourself could possibly be an enemy. You might even think of yourself as a pretty nice person. You might even think of yourself as a religious person. You may go to meetings and you may have a religious routine, but all of your religious routine does not take away the fact that you and I are enemies of God. We're born that way. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 17, Paul says, Look, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example, an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Who are these enemies of the cross of Christ? They must be, they must be Muslims or they must be persecutors, the ones who are killing Christians. Who are the enemies? Here he tells us. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. Do you know who the enemies are? Those people whose God is not in the heavens, but whose God is in their belly, meaning they do whatever they want to do. If God is not the one who decides in your mind and in your life, if you don't ask God for direction, if you're not looking to God for guidance, if you just do whatever you want to do, you get up and do whatever you want to do, then God is not your God. You are your God. Therefore, you are an enemy of the one true living God, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame. They're not embarrassed about their sin, who mind earthly things. They're always thinking about things of this earth. Always thinking about getting another job. Always thinking about getting another car. Always thinking about money. Always thinking about things of this earth. Paul weeping says they're enemies of the cross. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 5, we get a little bit more understanding about enemies of the cross. In Romans 8, verse number 5, Paul says to the church at Rome, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Because to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. To think worldly, to think fleshly is to be an enemy of God. It is at enmity, the very thing that makes you an enemy. And James tells us in chapter 4, verse number 4, that friendship of the world is enmity with God. So those years that you walked hand in hand with the world, you were an enemy of God because the world is an enemy of God. The world hated Jesus Christ. You can't hold hands with the world and Jesus. Paul said in Romans 5, when we were enemies, can I just say again, until you are reconciled to God, you are his enemy. Hold on, I'm not, I'm not a Christian, but I'm not yet a born-again Christian, you might say. I'm not, I've never been born again, but I'm not an enemy. You are. Because until you are reconciled to God, you are an enemy. So let me ask you tonight, have you been reconciled? Do you have peace with God? Have you become a friend of God? Are you in harmony with God? Your sin has made you an enemy of God. You may not even realize it, that all of your sin is against God. That's why David wrote, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. David finally recognized, the penny dropped, that his sin was against God. 
by wicked works. We read the verses a moment ago. Your wicked works have made you an enemy of God. Your God was your belly. You gloried in your shame. You minded earthly things. You're carnally minded. Friends of this world. And therefore an enemy of God. Do you see it? No man can serve two masters. You cannot serve God, Jesus says in Matthew 6, and mammon or treasure. Have you been reconciled? Maybe tonight you want to shake it off, or maybe you want to think, oh, what's the big deal? I'm, I'm not blaspheming God. I'm not, I'm not antagonistic towards Christianity. What's the big deal? The big deal, as we read a moment ago in 2 Corinthians 5, the big deal is that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The big deal is that every one of us one day will stand before Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That's the big deal. That's why you've got to be reconciled to him. Because right now you're running from it. Right now you're running from him. You're running from Jesus Christ. And you think that because you don't see him that you will never have to face him. You think that because you're living your life right now that, that you don't have to, because you've never met him that you're never going to meet him. You could not be more deluded. You cannot run from God forever. You cannot escape the judgment. We must all appear. This, this is not a matter of urgency for you at the moment because in your mind, the idea of God and judgment is a far off fantasy. But I'm telling you, the moment you see him, the moment you stand before him, you will wish with all of your heart that you had been reconciled to him. Can I tell you this evening that if you are still his enemy when you meet him face to face, you will eternally regret that you were never reconciled to him. Yeah. I believe that soon and very soon we shall see the king. Yeah. We used to sing a song. I can remember uh, Sam's grandmother singing soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. Soon. And you've got to get right with him before he comes. Before you stand before that judgment seat. If you don't get reconciled, if you are not reconciled to God, if you don't get right with him before then, it will be eternally too late. Yeah. you got to make things right. Okay. How? How can I, an enemy of God, be reconciled to God. How can I make things right? You can't. You can't. Every religion in the world will tell you that you have got to reconcile yourself to God. Every religion in the world will tell you you got to do these things in order to make this angry God happy. You got to do these things. You got to make yourself right with God. But Christianity says you cannot. Because if you try, even your trying is corrupt. If you try to make God happy, if you try to say, sorry, God, please forgive me. If you try to express how sorry you are for your sins, even your sorrow and your sorrowing is wrong. You can't reconcile yourself to God. You cannot make reconciliation with God. You can't just shake hands with God and expect it to be done and over with. No, we are corrupt. And our reconciliation would be corrupt. So how is it done? How do we find peace with God? You Maybe tonight you say, I don't want to be his enemy. The Bible's very clear. 
If you are not his child, you are his enemy. And maybe tonight for the first time you're seeing that. And I hope in your mind you're thinking, I don't want to be the enemy of God. Okay, then verse number 18 of our text. And all things are of God. Verse 17 is a beautiful verse. We quote it often. This chapter is filled with some dynamite verses. As you could preach sermons from each one of these verses. That, that famous 10th verse we read it a moment ago. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Like Alex was saying a moment ago, he's a new man. All things are become new. But that next verse clarifies it a bit more. And not only are all things become new, all things are of God. The reason all things have become new is because God made them new. Not because you did it. Alex is not a new man because he shaved off that little thing on his chin. Alex is not a new man because he got a new suit and got a haircut. He's a new man because God did something inside of him. Paul said, all things are of God. Watch what he says. Who hath reconciled us to himself? You want to be right with God tonight? You want to be reconciled to God? There's only one way, and it's God's way. It's going to be God's way. If tonight you want to get right with God, if you don't want to be an enemy anymore, then it cannot be on your terms. It cannot be your way. It's got to be God's way. It is God that reconciles us to himself. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Have you ever heard of two enemies? We're thinking, hearing about it right now in Russia and Ukraine and, and the tensions and talking about uh, getting together and, and having peace talks and talking about uh, having some sort of uh, an agreement. Have you ever heard of two enemies coming together and, and the one who has been offended going through all the effort to reconcile the offender to himself? It would be like the, the, all of the, all of the Jews or, and all of the, uh, the gypsies, all of the, all the people who were slaughtered in, in the second world war. It's as if they would all say, you know what, Mr. Hitler, uh, we want to make things right with you. What do you mean? He, he's the one that needs to make it right with them. And you and I are the ones who've sinned against God. God has never sinned against you. God doesn't need to make things right with you. You need to make things right with him, but you can't. And God knows you can't. God knows that you are so broken, that you are naturally so dark in your mind and so broken in your nature that you just can't make things right with him. And in pity and in mercy, he looks down and says, you can't do it, so I'll do it for you. And the Bible says in this beautiful verse that God reconciled you to himself. He has already done the work. This is an amazing truth in Scripture. The work of salvation is a work that has been completed. And look, three things in this little verse. Reconciliation is of God. He must do it. You can put as much money in the collection bag, and I hope you do anyways, but you can put as much money in the collection bag as you want, but that won't reconcile you to God. You can come to this barn every day of the week. Bill and Kim may be annoyed with you, but you can come every day of the week, and it won't reconcile you to God. No, he must do the work. He has done it. And he's done it through Jesus. Well, don't all religions lead to God? Wrong, false, red buzzer, eh, wrong answer. Not all religions lead to God. I'm sorry. 
Jesus said from his own lips, the son of the living God, I am the way, the way, not a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. He's the tunnel. He's the one-way track to God. He's the only way. There's one ferry going there, and that's Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Oh, but come on, isn't that being a little bit narrow-minded? No, 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 that's being truthful. That's the reality. And it's not God being unkind. It's God making a way of escape for you. It's God reconciling the world to himself by Jesus Christ. There is how many mediators? One mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Not many priests and popes who can be mediators that you go and talk to Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I love this thought. We find this over and over. We read it in in Romans chapter 5 a moment ago in verse number 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. You see, when Christ died on the cross, there was so much happening. We, We oftentimes focus on the physical, don't we? Oh, oh, how terrible it was that the crown of thorns was on his head. Yes, it was terrible. Oh, how terrible the nails in his hands and the, and, and the pierced side and the blood and, and how terrible the scourge. It was terrible beyond what any human being should ever, ever have to endure. But there was something far deeper happening beneath the surface. The enmity, the thing that made you an enemy, your sin was placed upon him. And the wrath and judgment of God, not the wrath and judgment of a Roman, Roman, Roman government. No, it wasn't the anger of a Roman government across his back. It was the wrath of God bruising him, punishing Christ for your sins. This is what was happening. We read it in, 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 in Colossians chapter one, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. The death of Jesus Christ, the death of Christ, the sacrifice of the righteous one, the pure sinless one, that was done that you might be reconciled to God. And for you to try to find another way is a slap in the face of God. God hath reconciled us. It is finished. You might say this, okay, well, uh, well, if if it's finished, then then how, how do I receive that? Okay, I I see Jesus died for me on the cross in my place, my sin upon him. But how do I then, how is it that I I get that reconciliation? What do I need to do? I'm beginning to see it all. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What what do I ask? God, would you please be merciful to me, a sinner? Will you please save me? 
Will you forgive me? Will you change me? Yes. Ask. Come on, there's got to be something else to it. I've got to, surely I've got to go to Bible college or something. No. No. Come on, there's got to be something else. It's catechism class. No, 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 no. Come to Christ. Amen. By faith. Believing what he says. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. Do you believe it tonight? I love this. One interesting thought in conclusion. Who is Paul writing to? Is he writing to the unconverted? No, he's writing to the church. And so tonight, if you've never been saved, this is for you. You need to be reconciled to God. But even if you have been saved, child of God, be reconciled. Be right with God. Be a friend of God. Be in harmony with God. It's possible for you to call yourself a child of God and to know him as your Lord and Savior and still be out of harmony. Not be living the way you should live as a reconciled human being. Paul's writing, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. I'm standing in the place where Jesus stood, Paul said. And I'm imploring you, I'm beseeching you, I'm praying you in Christ's stead, get right with God. Christian, today, get right with God. What do I need to do? Keep looking to Him. Keep trusting Him. Walk in His ways and in His word, knowing that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Straighten up. Put off those things that are weighing you down. What a marvelous portion of scripture that challenges the child of God. Look, it says there in verse 15, and that he died for all that they which live, meaning if you are now living spiritually, if you've been born again, he died for you, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Meaning from now on, I'm not living for myself anymore. But unto him which died for them and rose again. Are you living for God? Can I tell you, there's nothing more disgusting than somebody who gladly receives the forgiveness of God for their sins and then continues in their sin. Could that be salvation? Is that even possible that you could gladly receive, maybe thinking gladly receive, thinking you're gladly receiving salvation and forgiveness of your sins just so you could put in your pocket a get out of hell free ticket Just so you've covered all your bases and then you've gone on living the way you've always lived. God forbid. God forbid that we should henceforth from now on. Can I ask you a question? How many of you believe tonight that you are a child of the living God? Would you raise your hand? Then from henceforth, from now on, we should not live unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us and rose again. Live for him. Enough of living for yourselves. And now living for him. If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Be ye reconciled to God. It's a work of God through Christ. It's a continual work of God through Christ. Today I am reconciled and I am being reconciled and I shall be reconciled because of what Christ has done. I'm standing in that, living in that by God's grace. 
And it began that day when I looked to God in faith, believing that he died for me, that Christ died for me. Tonight, some of you need to be reconciled. You need to be born again. Others, you call yourself a child of God. Be reconciled. Stop living for yourself and live unto him. May the Lord help us. Some of you, some of us, God has called to be ambassadors. I could spend another hour. I won't do it. I could spend another hour that God has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, I believe with all of my heart, God has given me this. He's given it to me. Has he given it to you? This ministry to go and say, like Paul and his brethren were saying, look, be reconciled to God. A word of reconciliation. I hope he raises up more and more. More and more ambassadors. Four ambassadors have just come back from Ireland. I'd like to send a group of ambassadors to Scotland. Somebody needs to get a burden by the grace and the power of God, a burden for that. We can send more. And they can go saying, we're standing in Christ's stead. Be reconciled unto God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are thankful that there is reconciliation, that it is finished, that you have reconciled us unto thyself through Jesus Christ. And we give thanks that that work has been completed by our dear Savior. I pray for those tonight who are still alienated in their minds, still enemies of the cross tonight. Please, and and mercy, Lord, please help them to see where they stand and help them to see that there is reconciliation. It's possible for them to be made right with thee. They don't have to run from thee anymore. But I pray that tonight they would come humbly before thee, bowing the knee and declaring Jesus Christ as Lord, confessing their sins before thee and asking for mercy and salvation. Help us as thy children to be reconciled, to walk in harmony with thee, Father, in tune with thy spirit. Help us, Father, to let it be said of us that we are friends of God. Help us to be finished with being friends of this world and desire to desire only to be friends of God. Help us, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus Christ's name and for him.